my loyal listeners, this is Evelyn recording this for you on Saturday, the 4th of December, 2021. There is so much happening around us at the moment. So let me choose a few issues that I think might interest you in the following podcast. Today, we have a new moon in Sagittarius, along with a solar eclipse. Saturn makes a final square to Uranus on the 19th of December, continuing to drive the descent within the ranks. Uranus opposite Uranus in your early 40s. And what some people have done with this energy. Question. Do we in Australia need the assistance of the US military to, re to free us from totalitarian rule? Next question. What is your experience or expectation of an art gallery opening? Did you know that registered yoga teachers are required to maintain training and insurance? And how is your breathing? You know this can control anxiety, don't you? So let's continue. Today, we have a solar eclipse. Just check your location, wherever you may be in the world. It's in Australia. It's about 7 o'clock this evening, local time. Our authority, on, from an astrological perspective, our authority on eclipses describes this as a joyful family of eclipses. The benefits that appeal in the individual's life can be expected to continue well after the eclipse has passed. And that's from Bernadette Brady. The eclipse also brings harmonious connections between Saturn and the sun and moon, giving us the strength to pursue the truth, whatever that might be for us. Sagittarius is about truth. You are likely to experience this energy in the house in your astrological chart where you have Taurus energy. What a lovely change from the last eclipse series. The energies around us have been tough and heavy as we're being offered ascension into the next dimension, whatever that might mean for each of us. We are being challenged to find our spiritual connections and release our perceived need for material stuff. Being in Sagittarius, this new moon is seeking truth. With so much information everywhere, most of us are struggling to know what is really happening out there. You know, your best measure of truth is within your being. What makes sense to you? I'm not a fortune teller. But I do believe that information will be uncovered in the next few weeks, which many people will find shocking and incredible. We may even have a significant geophysical event. And with Uranus in Taurus and a square difficult aspect to Saturn in Aquarius, that is quite possible. As I mentioned previously, the eclipse path travels over Antarctica and the tips of South Africa and South America as well as the southern borders of Australia. If you are in Victoria, I believe that the eclipse will be visible around 7 o'clock. 
Be sure to view it via television or another lens. Please do not view any eclipse, any solar eclipse with the naked eye. The effects of an eclipse will persist for up to six months after the event, which I believe will only be minutes long. So let's just watch and observe. Now, just as an aside, I apologize for the birds. I have a, a tree outside my window here that's got lots of um, blossoms in it. And the lorikeets are very hungry because we've had lots of rain. So they fight and squabble and feed. So I'm sorry, that's a background music for this podcast today. Now, I want to talk about Saturn squaring Uranus on the 19th of December. Now, these two planets have been doing a dance in the heavens for the last 18 months and will reach a final challenging square connection on the 19th of December, just a few days before Christmas. Orion represents the people. Saturn represents the systems and programs in place to keep the people controlled. Being the planet furthest out, Orion's energy is likely to prevail. So we can expect much unrest, more rallies, and perhaps some backdowns from our governments. Maybe even some existing governments will crumble. This unsettled energy of the people is supported by the planetoid Eris in Aries, in square aspect to Pluto, the controller. And so this is yet another representation of the people, Eris, resisting the top-down power and control exerted by the governments, represented by Pluto. So expect unrest, hopefully peaceful, but strong and effective protest. Maybe you even take part in these rallies. Some of us will, some of us won't. I believe that we will have changes, more changes. This is a moving goalpost. So, in all this confusion, what do you believe? What is your guiding light? In the bigger scheme of global energy shifts, we are in the throes of moving from the Piscean Age into the Aquarian Age. In the Piscean Age, which prevailed for just over 2,000 years, the people were trained to find their power outside themselves. We were programmed to rely on the priest, the rabbi, the imam, the teacher, the doctor, the government minister, and so on. We willingly gave away our power to others. Who was in control? Now we are shifting into the energy of Aquarius. And this energy comes back to each of us. We are responsible for ourselves. It is up to us to research information and use our inner guidance to make our own decisions to keep ourselves healthy and on track. When we are healthy, well, and following our destined path, we are very capable of contributing to our community. Our power is within us. And when we take responsibility for ourselves, 
we can be really useful members of our communities. Remember, fill your own cup, make sure your needs are met, and then you can look after other people. It is smart to seek advice from others who have skills that can help us. But these folk are to be considered as advisors or consultants. And the resulting and well-considered decisions are yours. Now, taking the discussion to a slightly different astrological event, we all, if we live past 45 years of age, have a Uranus opposition Uranus during our lifetimes. And I'd like to use my friend Tracy as an astrological example for a life experience that, as I say, we would all experience in our early 40s. <coughs> When I met her several years ago, Tracy, a trained occupational therapist, was conducting a successful web-based marketing business. <clears throat> she had not long reached her 40s and was feeling restless and unfulfilled. And this is quite a common experience at this time of life. Brackets, what did you do in your early 40s? Close brackets. If you're not there yet, Think about what you might want to change when you get there to fulfill your destiny. So going back to Tracy, boldly stepping forward, she moved out of her marketing business and embraced her muse. She started painting elaborate and bold abstract pieces. Her marketing skills have enabled her to monetize her skills and her art something many artists crave but fail miserably to achieve. In just over six years, she has made a name for herself and sold her art for good money, both locally and overseas. And is she feeling fulfilled? You bet. This has been a very successful pivot for her. What pivot are you going to make? Interestingly enough, I have recently had Quite a few clients with this situation seeking astrological guidance. <clears throat> now, I gather my information from various sources, as many of you might understand. And recently I watched a short clip from a, a United States TV presenter who suggested that Australians need military assistance to free us from our totalitarian rulers. Wow. After all, the US has gone in to rescue the Afghanis from the Taliban. Why should they not come and rescue us? What do you think? Do you think the Australians are under totalitarian rule? What about you who may live in Victoria, Australia, where I believe there has been legislation passed which allows the Premier extraordinary dictatorial-type power? An art gallery opening. Last week I was guest at a gallery opening. Tracy's gallery opening. So 
some of you would have attended gallery openings. The artist displays their works in a suitable location, invites guests and arranges for food and drinks to be offered. The expect expectation is that some of the guests will purchase their works of art or lead the artist to other purchases, thus giving the artist some monetary reward for their work. The opening I attended last week was an opening with a difference. I had to purchase a ticket. Proceeds, I presume after expenses, are going to Destiny Rescue, a charity which removes children from tra child trafficking and prostitution. I'll put the link in the notes. And given the current and mostly underground narrative about slavery and child trafficking, I'm very happy to support such an organisation. The thought of children being subjected to that sort of behaviour just appalls me. Anyhow, <clears throat> on arrival at the event, guests were greeted not only by the artist, but also her helpers, all beautifully painted all over their bodies, with fabric triangles protecting their privates. Two gorgeous girls and one handsome, muscular young man. <laughs> White paint and silver decoration had been deftly applied and produced a beautiful effect. And these helpers were passing out blue champagne and other delicacies. There were other helpers behaving like circus entertainers. This was an opening with a difference. <clears throat> Tracy proceeded to have several of her displayed paintings auctioned. The auctioneer worked really hard to elicit bids from an interested crowd and sold four of the five pieces on offer. You know, I've since heard criticism of this event. That's not how you manage a gallery opening. Traditionally, guests never pay to attend. Never is there any accompanying entertainment. Now, with the energies around us changing, why can we not have a gallery opening event like this? You know, Uranus is in Taurus. Uranus is about doing things differently without their ideas. Taurus definitely governs art as well as jewellery, fabric work and similar artistic items amongst others. What do you think? Would you like to attend a gallery opening like this? Moving on to talk about first aid. Oh God, is that boring? Well, maybe it is. But you know, as part of retaining my registration as a yoga teacher with Yoga Australia, I need to complete a first aid course every three years. And every year we are required to refresh our CPR training. Now going back, back many, 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 many years as a child in the brownies and then the girl guide movement, I have done many first aid courses. And it is really interesting to observe how treatment protocols have changed over those years. Once upon a time, for example, the recommended treatment for snake bite was to use a razor blade to nick where the snake had bitten and then try and suck or squeeze the poison out. 
These days, we apply pressure to the bite site and then apply a pressure bandage on the affected limb, assuming it is a limb and not the torso, and keep the limb and patient as still as possible while transporting to the nearest hospital. By the way, I have never had to treat anybody for a snake bite, <clears throat> and I've seen precious few snakes around, even though I live in Australia, which is supposed to have more snake, more poisonous snakes than any other part of the world. Once upon a time <clears throat> in first aid, we had to learn many different ways to apply bandages or slings to treat fractures. And while some of this would certainly apply if you're out in the bush hiking, these days the best treatment, the recommended treatment, is to keep the patient comfortable and call the paramedics. How easy is that? Now, why am I raising this matter? You know, when you take a class from a registered yoga teacher, there are requirements for that teacher be, to be trained and suitably qualified. This is a protection for the student. Yet I have never had a student ask about my qualifications and experience. Do you question your teacher's credentials? Unfortunately, there are still folk out there who do not see the benefit in paying their yoga teachers as they would pay any other professional. Do you have an opinion on that you'd care to share? What do you think? Do you pay your yoga teacher? Do you need to pay them in money or some other means? Do you obtain benefits from their classes? You know, barter still works, doesn't have to be money. I read recently an article in the newspaper about breathing and breathing techniques becoming so much more, um, people more interested in breathing techniques, particularly with a respiratory virus that's going the rounds. So I just want to speak a little bit about the importance of breathing correctly. I'm very delighted to teach yoga at a detox facility, which helps folk remove their dependence on drugs and alcohol. And as part of my routine, I teach all students a te technique called full yoga breathing. And that is how to breathe fully and completely into the lungs and how to exhale completely. It is a very powerful technique and one that can be used to control so much in your life. You know, when you can control your breathing, you can control so much. One of those clients at the detox facility, <clears throat> I taught her earlier in the week, and she had arranged for yet another tattoo to be applied to her already decorated body. And she came to another class. And she said to me, oh, Evelyn, I want you to know I used that yoga breathing technique yesterday when I had my tattoo because it really helped me manage the discomfort I was experiencing when they were tattooing me. Life is full of happy surprises. I was delighted to hear that feedback. And if you're interested in learning to breathe correctly with full yoga breathing, there is a short class on my YouTube channel and I'll put the reference in the notes. 
Now, you know, yoga is not confined to young people with lithe and flexible bodies. And I've been asked recently to fill in for a teacher who's gone overseas briefly and teach classes for older folk. So apart from the yoga, te yoga classes, I'm teaching on the beach on Tuesdays and Saturdays. Check my website for that. I'm substituting for this teacher who's gone away. So on Mondays, it's a stretching class for older ladies. And on Tuesdays, we do chair yoga. And this is for ladies who really struggle to get up and down off the floor. And so from my perspective, I'm so delighted to have this opportunity to extend my skill set and to help these amazing women maintain mobility. The eldest lady in my chair yoga class is 94 years old. Question, will you still do yoga when you are 94? Well, you know, no matter what your age, move the body or lose it. Well, folks, that's all for today. I hope you have a wonderful event with the eclipse and be fiery and really set out wonderful goals for your time in Sagittarius. Bye for now.